In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. Now, we don't only bring you leaders and business stories from all over the world, but we also bring you listeners from all over the world. So, wherever you're listening from right now, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. And if you're new to the show. Let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders explores the business world around us. What's going on in business? How is it affecting the economy? And we talk about all kinds of leadership and what kind of practices we need to make our businesses successful. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and leadership issues such as gender balance as well as generational leadership in this global workforce. So please listen to us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us, don't worry, because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple Podcasts to Google Play to Stitcher and to Spotify. And in this series, you're really going to get to learn great advice. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or for yourself. Now, on to one of my favorite subjects that we're going to talk about today, change. I mean, change happens every day. It's a constant, and transitions are inevitable. But some of us bear better than others when it comes to change. Many people spend a great deal of time and energy trying to avoid change, but you can't run away from change. It'll eventually catch up with you. I mean, look at what happened to all of us at the beginning of the pandemic, the beginning of this year. That was change that none of us could run away from. Now, some kinds of change are controllable and others are not. But if you learn to cope with change, you'll lower your risk for anxiety and depression, and you'll just kind of feel better. At the end of the day, no person or situation will stay the same forever. At the minimum, we all change, we all grow older, and we are forced to open our eyes to new waves of life. Now, it doesn't matter if it's in your professional life or your personal, this change will happen. And today we're going to talk about how to better cope with change and how to become more resilient. And our guest today is an expert in this field. Dr. Sarah Stebbins is a certified professional coach and organizational change management consultant, and she is an adjunct faculty at Portland State University in their Center for Educative and Professional Education. Her clients include Fortune 500 companies, the federal government, college and universities, as well as nonprofit organizations. Dr. Stebbins holds a fundamental belief that employee engagement is the single most critical element for organizational change management success. And as a change agent, Dr. Stebbins focuses on developing conscious leaders in addition in addition to building and strengthening resilience for individuals and organizations. Now, she has just written a new book called From Fire to Water, Moving Through Change, Six Elements for Personal Resiliency. And Dr. Stebbins, Stebbins recognized that her experience while water rafting down the Colorado River. And I want to hear more about that, Dr. Stebbins. But first, welcome, Sarah, to the show. Thank you so much, Kimberly, uh, for having me. Uh, just really wonderful to be here. Really appreciate it. So um, first, let's just talk about the new book. How did you get the idea? And, and what's this with this rafting that you came up with the idea <laughs> while you were rafting? <laughs> well, this this book really uh, has evolved out of 25, over 25 years of, of consulting and coaching around this thing called change. Um, as I started thinking about 
what this extensive experience taught me about this subject. The word change itself just emerged as the vehicle for organizing these lessons into a coherent discussion. Uh, Each letter in the word change represents one of the six resiliency elements that I talk about. And this all was codified, really came together for me as I was going down, bouncing down the rapids of the Colorado River, because it struck me that a river is constantly changing, and yet it still keeps moving forward. And so hmm. my question uh, uh, to myself was, how can I do that? How, how can I continue to change but keep moving forward with my life? And, and so my trip down the Colorado was really uh, uh, kind of the impetus for, for actually doing this. But it has been percolating for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. I never thought about it. You're right. The river is always changing, but it still goes forward. And is that did that experience have anything to do with the title? So why why the title yes. with some fire and water? Yes. Well, yeah, I love the lessons that outdoor experiences give me. And, uh, you know, when I sit by a fire, I am struck by the moodiness of the fire. Uh, a fire at any given time can, can demonstrate anger, can demonstrate um, uh, calm. Uh, and, uh, uh, but, you know, when, it com- when a fire calms down and you poke it with a, with a stick, it roars back to life again. Mm. And so, that certainly, you know, the human personality is the same way in, in, in many, many ways. So that that's the fire element. And then I just explained the river element, the water element of all constantly moving forward, adapting and changing as needed, but constantly moving forward. And so the juxtaposition of those two things um, uh, prompted the, uh, the, the title from fire to water. How do we move from fire to water and become more resilient? Mm-hmm. And and really a great book um, to our listeners. I did read it, and it's kind of funny when we're going to talk about the 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 six elements in a few minutes. But I want just want to say when I read it, I didn't I didn't associate the six elements with the word change. That's so funny. Okay, oh, so interesting. Like, yes, it's interesting. <laughs> but anyways, before we before we go into that, just um, you know, this has been a year of change. Okay, I mean it's incredible. But if you but if you think back on a global point of view. You know, if you think back, um, you know, in 2001, we had 9-11. Then in 2008, we had the economic um, crash and the disaster. And then now, 12 years later, we have the pandemic. And um, all these things have changed our lives, you know, all of our lives. But do you think that what's happened now is is one of the most drastic ones that we've have been through over the last years? Wow. You know, it that's kind of a a challenging questions. It, 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 from my perspective, it's it's hard to say that one of these events is worse than the others, mm-hmm. as all of them, you know, have had a very significant impact on people's lives. Not the least of which is loss of life, of course. Mm-hmm. But that said, you know, if you consider the number of people who have died, I mean, over a half million in the, in the U.S. alone uh, from the pandemic, uh, and the fact that this pandemic is worldwide and the speed with which it has spread. I, I, I would have to say that this crisis is probably one of the worst of this century so far, mm. and may it be the last. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it. <laughs> yeah, well, when, when you think of it, I mean, okay, um, you know, we're, we're at the beginning of the 21st century, and if you look at the 20th century, I mean, we had all kinds of disasters from, from you know, plagues range, ranging from polio to typhus, um, then we had wars, um, you know, and, um, you know, when you talk, um, you talk with people who who were through the wars and you, you hear their resiliency in them. And then you talk about, you talk to people today and, and I generally, I think we're, we're very resilient. But do you think that maybe um, some of the technology we have ha- have made us less resilient in ourselves emotionally because we're so dependent on on so many other things? Do you think we're less resilient today than we might have been, um, you know, 100 years ago? Or do you think we're more resilient? 
Well, it's, and, and again, that's a, that's a very good question. Your question suggests that resilience is, is determined mostly by external factors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my book, I talk about it as an internal journey or a process. It may be accelerated by external forces, but resilience really is developed by the conscious choices we make in our mm-hmm. daily lives. Uh, resilience is really about choice. You know, we have a very strong survival instinct uh, in us that is governed by a small almond-shaped part of the brain called the amygdala. And when we feel threatened, and that threat could be uh, our lives feel threatened or a change has happened and we feel threatened by the change, Mm -hmm. um, uh, the amygdala kicks in and we get into survival mode. Um, And I'm I'm sure you've heard the term fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's, that's the amygdala in action. And resilience, in my mind, is about overcoming the actions of the amygdala. Doing so allows us to make different choices when it is activated. Now, my book presents strategies that can help us tame the amygdala. We need to have the amygdala for sure. Otherwise, we wouldn't be on the planet. <laughs> but but we, we have to learn how to partner with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. So. No, that, it, it's really interesting. You're right, because I, I, I was thinking on internal, but I was also thinking on external, um, you know, elements. And um, before we start to talk about the elements, uh, one last, uh, question about writing the book. Now, mm-hmm. you, you started this book and then the pandemic hit. Did that have any... Did that have any influence on on how you were approaching things or writing things? Well, in some ways, yes. Uh, when the pandemic hit and countries around the world closed their doors and economies, I realized that I was living in an actual case study for my book. <laughs> this experience convinced me that the timing of my book was perfect. As my own business shifted to the virtual world and coaching clients started coming to me, I had ample opportunity to share and practice uh, the resilience elements in my book. Quite frankly, the pandemic became a learning laboratory uh, mm-hmm. for the book itself. Uh, so it was uh, it didn't influence the content. What it did do was heighten awareness to the importance of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Um, I think it was a learning. It was a learning. Ex- it was a learning experience for us all. I think on oh, that boy, too. No yeah. Kidding. Yeah. So, um, um, I, 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 before we take a break, I just want you to to, um, you talked about the six elements. Can you just um, name those six elements for us, and then we'll go into a little bit more detail about the six elements after the break. Sure. Uh, well, as I said, each of the six elements corresponds to a letter in the word change. Mm-hmm. So C stands for candor, H stands for heroism, A stands for acceptance, N stands for nurture, G stands for gratitude, and E stands for engagement. Mm-hmm. And when you were you were coming up with these, were these, um, I mean, did you were thinking about actually, you know, the the behavior activities and then um, putting them in line with the word, or or how did you come up with this? Uh, you know, it just was very organic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was very organic. I uh, uh, I do a lot of journaling. And, and um, I, I went back and looked in my journal and started organizing my thoughts a little bit. And it just, it just sort of emerged. I think it was, it was predestined. It just sort of happened this way. But uh, I came up with heroism and I came up um, uh, with, with titles for these other things. And suddenly I realized, oh, my gosh, I have spelled, I've spelled the word change. Why not use that as the framework? It just sort of, it just sort of happened. Uh, and and this was all going on, on in the river, right? <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of it, a lot of it subconsciously, yeah. absolutely. And, yeah, yeah. and what I've done, what I've done is to uh, take a story from my river experience and tie it to each of the six elements. So uh-huh. there's some to- storytelling going on inside the uh, inside the book as well that demonstrates each of the six elements. 
Yes, I did. I did read that, and again for our listeners, it's 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 a great read. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, I want to dive into those six elements, you and um, maybe you can put a little couple, give us share one or two of the stories that go with the six elements, also because they are really really interesting. And for our listeners, we are talking with Dr. Sarah Stebbins, and she's a certified professional coach and an organizational change management consultant, and she's also on the adjunct faculty at Portland State University. And she is also the author of a new book, which is, the book is on, is it available on Amazon? It is. Uh, it, just, yes. uh, it just was posted to Amazon uh, this week. So, okay, yes, great. Yeah. It's available. So, and the book is From Fire to Water, Moving Through Change, Six Elements for Personal Resiliency. And um, I, did, I did read the book. It was really good. So I, I urge our listeners to listen to it. And if you want to con- contact... Um, uh, Sarah, you can contact her on www.thebetterchange.com, and she's also under LinkedIn under Sarah Stebbins, and that is Sarah with an H if you look for her. And this show is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, legislative white papers focused on digital. So please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And each month, Cinda brings you online learning series on Thursdays called the Thought Leadership Thursday at 1700 Central European time. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 35 years of expertise covering multiple asset classes to be bluntly and openly discussed by Troy Eckert. The program is Tangible Assets for Tangible Results. Troy will dig deep, provide insight, and give his listeners real takeaway value from his own experiences and inside secrets he's learned. No nonsense, real life experiences, and a man of broad expertise will tackle asset classes you can see, touch, kick, and feel. Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Talking with the Texan. Worth your time. Tune in each week for the Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to the Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And uh, today we are talking about change. And we're talking to Dr. Sarah Stebbins. And she's a certified professional coach and an organizational change management consultant. And she's the author of the book, From Fire to Water, Moving Through Change, Six Elements for Personal Resiliency. And um, so, Sarah, before we start talking about how you came up with this book, so I'd I'd like to kind of dive into the the six elements. And you said um, the first element was candor. Mm -hmm. So what do you mean by that? And what does that really have to do with change or uh, being resilient? Well, I I look at candor uh, in the book from, from two perspectives. I look at it from a group or organizational perspective, and I also look at it from uh, a personal perspective. And I guess what I'd like to do is to introduce candor with a story from the book. Would that be okay? That's fine. Sure. All right. The long bus ride over 
We arrive at the river's edge, our inflatable chariots already laden with seven days' worth of food and gear. My giddiness in that moment is fueled by magical surroundings, a crystal clear river slowly meandering, the lushness of the riverbank, the early morning sun painting itself as shimmering streaks on the water. I cherish this bucolic moment, wanting to fully savor it. Looking downstream, I see the first sentinels of the towering canyon walls that will soon be our constant companions. The immediate peace and joy I feel is quickly replaced by uncertainty and curiosity, for as beautiful as these distant natural monuments are to me, they also represent unknown challenges. My reverie is broken by the thumping sounds of duffel bags hitting the raft decks and the occasional, shh, the water is cold, uttered by those (laughs) wanting immediate relief from the already hot summer sun. Our rafts finally ease into the river with 20 adventurous souls on board. My excitement becomes tempered by our guide, who, taking advantage of the river's calm, explains the risks we are taking over the next several days, whether body surfing down the Little Colorado or cliff hiking into hidden waterfalls. His communication prior to running a rapid is even less eloquent and no less candid. Prepare for a white-knuckle ride! Hearing his command, we jump into action, seeking out and hanging tightly onto any inanimate object in the raft. I appreciate the simplicity and candor with which the guide communicates, and I wonder why open, honest, candid communication is so difficult to practice in business and in life. So what I know from my organizational work is that candor and transparency is leadership's growing edge always, and during times of change, is even more so. And as I have talked to managers and leaders over time, I ask them, why it is such a challenge. And many of them respond, they, they are almost afraid to tell the truth because they, they don't want to have to manage the, the emotional reaction on the part of their employees. Oh, yeah. and, and, and I get that. I mean, I, I get called in to do a lot of work around that particular issue. Um, uh, but what I try to get them to understand is that by, by not being open and not being honest with, with what's going to be going on, um, they're, 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 mani- they're managing the change itself is going to be aborted because of the strong resistance that people have. The number one reason why people resist change inside organizations is that they're not getting enough information or the, or the quality of the information is poor. Mm-hmm. So, so when this happens, then there is a lack of trust. The, the amount of trust in the organization starts to erode. That leads to lack of organizational performance, and that leads to a lack of, of sense of commitment of the organization. Mm-hmm. And this, this all supports what I found in my doctoral studies um, many, many years ago, that there is a direct link between uh, candor, trust, and organizational commitment. So it, it's, it's a big piece. The candor is a big piece. It, it really and- is. A question around that, um, when you're dealing with leaders, and that's really interesting that that most of them say that, that they don't want to um, um, deal with candor because of, of the emotional reactions of employees. Um, do you find do you find that some leaders are, are better at this than other ones, or is this kind of a natural thing, or is this a learned thing to be candid, candid oh, I, to have candor? Yeah, it, it, that's a that's a good question. I, I do think that some leaders are better at it than others, um, but in, in fairness to leadership, I recognize that when they are ready to institute a change, they've been eating, breathing, and sleeping what this change is going to be 24-7 for, for a period of time. Mm-hmm. So they they are at a different level and have a different um, uh, uh attachment, if you will, to this change than their employees do. Right. So, so, and this is what causes the, the, the communication gap. You know, they're thinking about their stakeholders. They're thinking about the community. They're thinking about the services and products in the bottom line. So, so what gets lost in all of that is, is the need to yeah. communicate clearly about what's happening. So I want to, I want to defend leadership you know, yeah. in that, in that regard. Yeah. They're not the, they're not the bad people by any means. It's uh, just, it is not as much of a priority for them as it is for the employees to receive accurate information. Does that make sense? No, that, may, that makes a lot of sense. And then um, just to piggyback off that question really quickly, um, do you find on the receiving end that some people deal with candor better than others? Oh, absolutely. Re- 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, uh, there, there's no question about it. I mean, you, if you take a look at um, uh, kind of the emotional responses to, to, to change, uh, denial is a very, very powerful <laughs> strategy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, have, I have witnessed denial in, in a variety of forms inside organizations. Uh, so, so there are folks that will absolutely say, well, this isn't going to impact me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep my head down and just do my work. And then there are those, and I call them the early adopters. These are people who are going, hey, you know what? I don't have all the information, but I'm kind of curious about this. I'll, I'll, I'll hitch my wagon to this. I'll, I'll, I'll give this a try. And so the challenge for leaders is to determine, I try and identify who those early adopters are and engage them and bring them along because they are the ones that can bring their peers along as well. And um, I would like to move on to the next one, but I just have to, I I can't resist having this comment, okay? And um, it's just, when you said you were living, you know, this whole case study, I mean, what I think about the pandemic and candor at the beginning, when there was so much denial and there was not all the information (laughs) coming out, I mean, that must have been the perfect case study for you. (laughs) Oh, totally, (laughs) totally. And, And quite frankly, I, 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 I don't refer to what's going on with the pandemic when I talk about this yeah. to clients because it is such a political hot button. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I just couldn't resist. And I, oh, I totally. usually say, okay, so. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I yeah. Talk, yeah. talk to colleagues via Zoom several times a week. And um, early in the pandemic, they were saying to me, well, what do you think? What do you think about what's going on in the country? All I do is laugh. <laughs> Well, I have to say here in Germany, we're going through that denial right now, too, because we don't have enough vaccines. But anyways, on to the next one. Um, so the next, next one you talk about is, is heroism. Yep. So can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I believe very strongly that each of us has an internal hero. And what I mean by that is we have the courage and ability to take the risks necessary in order for us to to move through change. Um, it's, it is uh, striking to me how when, when people are, are hit with a change, a lot of folks will just withdraw, kind of curl up a little ball <laughs> yeah. and, and, and want to just isolate themselves. And what I find is that those folks who are, are, are resilient uh, will, will pause and allow themselves to see the big picture around the change. And then they get into this place of extreme curiosity. Well, how can I make this work for me? What do I need to do differently in order to, 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 to function? Are there new skills that I need? How do I get them? So there's this, this innate curiosity that then translates into um, taking certain risks in order to move move through the change and and uh you know i have seen this time and time again in organizations where you know i might be working with a coaching client and he or she might express you know maybe this change is going to be a good one i don't know but i want to know more about it i want to i want to figure out how i can partner with it and how i can make it work for me and and in our conversations, they recognize that it means stepping outside of their comfort zone and asking for what it is that they need and want in order to make it work for them. And that ask can be very scary for people. Mm-hmm. So the inner hero to me is is um, uh, demonstrating curiosity and taking the risk to to get what is necessary in order to move through change. Mm-hmm. And and when you're dealing with with some of the the people you coach, um, h- how do you help them? You know, find that inner hero <laughs> <laughs> through really good questioning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. You know, when when usually when people come to me, they're, they 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 come to me because they are absolutely terrified about either they've just lost their job and oh my god, what are they going to do. Or they are, are are concerned that that things inside the organization are not are not going to 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 improve. There, you know, there's a whole plethora of things, and one of the first things that I need to do, excuse me, <clears throat> is uncover the fear that they have about all of it, because mm-hmm. that's what's driving that's what's driving them to to uh, to react in a negative way. And once once they're able to uncover what the fear is about. 
then they 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 know okay well now now that i know that this is what it's about for me i can set this aside and start thinking about how to deal with it and so we we start layering through question through my questioning we just start layering uh steps forward uh uh to uh to to move through it mm-hmm. i had i had um um a uh, a manager who had been working for a company for a long period of time he lost his job uh, because of the pandemic and he was how am i going to provide for my family oh my gosh um uh you know i'm just i'm just so worried about all this anyway we we really peeled back the layers layers on all of that and he saw that he he um uh, was taking on uh, uh, tremendous responsibilities for his family and he didn't want to fail failure was the big was his was his big fear yeah. and and so i said okay all right you you now you now know that's the case so what does success look like to you mm-hmm. and we started going down that path well the end result was he had a business idea that he had been pondering for a long period of time, but because of his his leadership position, he never really had the time to cultivate it. So we talked about that at great length, and he determined that hey, you know what? Financially, he's going to be he and his family are going to be okay for a while, and it's going to give him the opportunity to develop this this business idea. And when last I spoke to him, which was you know a while ago, he was happy as a clam. He was pursuing his interest, and uh, the family was fine, and you know, all's right with the world. Yeah, so that's a great story. That's really good. Um, so, so just t- t- taking that story and and looking at what he did with courage and moving forward. Your next one of the next things you talk about is acceptance. Okay. Yes. Um, can we can we touch on that uh, kind of quickly before we go to a break, just to hear what what do you mean by that? Absolutely. Well, one of the things that I discovered on my Colorado River trip is that (laughs) (laughs) accepting a change takes a lot less energy than resisting it. And I just remember so clearly, um, uh, we had been, of course, going through rapids and getting soaking wet and all of this stuff and and all of a sudden a squall a a, a rain squall appeared in the in the in the um uh canyon and people were scrambling like crazy trying to find their rain gear and i just i just sat there for a second because i was wondering where my rain gear was too and then i started to laugh we were already wet (laughs) what was the point and you know, the rainwater was a heck of a lot warmer than the river water was. <laughs> so I just sat back in the raft and just was amused at uh, this chaos in the raft. And I just sat there and allowed this warm, wonderfully warm rain to kind of wash the dirt off my body. And it was at that point I recognized, you know what, they're expending a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm having a whole different experience. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's true, and and you know that's going to come to my next question. But we're gonna we're gonna have to take a small break. But I wanna I wanna piggyback off that when we get back okay. because I have a question about that reaction of people like running around when they're already wet. Okay, um, so we're we're gonna take a short break now. And for our listeners, we're talking to Dr. Sarah Stebbins, and she's a certified professional coach and organizational change management consultant, and she's on the adjunct faculty at Portland State. University in the Center of Executive and Professional Education. And she's also the author of a new book, just came out on Amazon, From Fire to Water, Moving Through Change, The Six Elements for Personal Resilience. I can't even talk anymore, resiliency. So, um, no, it's just, this is really interesting stuff, and it's so exciting to have you. And if you want to reach out to Sarah, you can reach out to her on www.thebetterchange.com and um, also she's on LinkedIn and this show is also brought to you by Cinda and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital associations and you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org and with that we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tired of the Get Rich Quick or How to Flip Home shows? Are you ready to step up your game and invest in commercial real estate? James Nelson, a top New York City broker, will show you step-by-step how to acquire, operate, and profit. You'll also hear from real estate legends on how they made their fortunes and industry experts on strategies for success. Tune in to Real Estate Investing, live from New York, on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Business. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about change. And we're talking with Dr. Sarah Stebbins. And she is um, the author of a new book called From Fire to Water, Moving Through Change, Six Elements for Personal Resiliency. So, Dr. Stebbins, Sarah, I want to have a question to do with the rainstorm that we just talked about, okay? (laughs) Yes. um, isn't, you know, isn't that kind of like an emotional reaction or just kind of a, a reaction? You know, you guys are wet. It starts raining. Everybody starts scrambling around. Okay. Is that kind of an emotional response? And, and how can you con- con- control some of those responses? Well, uh, yeah, you know, it definitely was a knee jerk reaction. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, grounded in, in past experience. Oh, if it rains, I need to put on a raincoat. You know, I, you know, I think all of us grew up that way. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I do think that it is a, a, a knee jerk reaction and the challenge, the challenge with regards to emotions. And, and I do go into a lot of depth in this, um, uh, in the acceptance chapter, chapter four, cause I talk about Daniel Goleman's work of, uh, emotional intelligence, uh, the thing with emotions is if we can acknowledge the emotion without acting on it, mm. okay, that's the, that's the key. To say that I'm angry, to say that I'm frustrated, as opposed to demonstrating <laughs> or yeah. acting out what that frustration or anger is, that's, that's the difference. Uh, and and because once we start acting on those emotions, it's like going down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, we just get caught in this 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 downward spiral, and we end can can depending on the change and so on, we can end up in this place of abject fear and just unable to to move. Mm-hmm. So if if we can get to a place where we can acknowledge the emotion rather than acting on it we're going to be much better off and that takes that takes a lot of practice takes a lot of work yeah that that sounds like it takes a lot of practice and i can tell you i need a lot of practice on that so <laughs> well <laughs> i say having- i say it's a journey and not a destination <laughs> believe me <laughs> my own experience glad we're having this conversation okay no, um, um no that that makes a lot of sense and um you know that that was my. I was thinking it wasn't really in the rainstorm. It was really emotions, but it's kind of triggers. You know, right. some things trigger us. And so let's move on um, to the fourth element. And and you talk about nature and I, I and how really Actually, it's nurture. Yeah, nurture. Oh, it's nurture. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Nurture. So how 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 um, you know how does nurturing go into change? Well. The bottom line, Kimberly, is if we don't take care of ourselves, change resiliency becomes more difficult, if not impossible. Mm 
And, and when I get my coaching clients to focus on taking care of themselves, they're so concerned about taking care of others that they become emotionally and physically and spiritually depleted. Mm-hmm. And unless they can pursue those self-nurturing activities, they can't possibly focus on others. So during times of change, this is really critical. That's what nurture is all about. But isn't and and so taking care of yourself? Do you think that's that's harder for us today sometimes because there's so many distractions in the world? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and I'm not just talking about technology, but everything. You yep. know, how, how how can we kind of balance those? Well, number one, there has to be a commitment to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Am I worth it? I mean, that's yeah. the question we all have to answer. Am I worth it? Am I, is it? Is it worth it to me and my well-being to actually commit to taking 10 to 15, 20, 30 minutes a day to do something that is fulfilling to me and, and uh, uh, fulfills my soul, if you will, uh, to allow me to move forward? That's mm-hmm. the ultimate question. And, mm-hmm. and I challenge my coaching clients all the time. What are you doing to take care of yourself? Well, I used to do X, Y, and Z. And I said, I think you need to start doing X, Y, and Z now. Because mm-hmm. unless you do, you're not going to be able to build that business. You're not going to be able to look for that job. You're not going to be able to take care of your kids. Mm-hmm. And it does and, strike a chord with them. Yeah. It does. And do you think do you think this is something that um, we learn as we're growing up? You know, um, I, I, when I just watched kids and teenagers and stuff, everybody's doing everything distracted. Do you think it's better, you know, in families that we start early that you know children have time or teenagers have time and trying to teach them to this nurturing skill? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I really think that that um, the, the the spiritual concept is returning to ourselves. Mm-hmm, <laughs> if yeah. we can learn how to return to ourselves and practice that on a regular basis, I think we would have little crime. I think that we would have little anger in the world. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, I I think it's a critical component. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I was thinking too. So um, getting down to the last two elements, we have. <laughs> Gratitude and engagement. So yep. let me start with gratitude. Um, yes. You said, you know, and you say that gratitude leads to engagement. So let's start with gratitude. What, right. What's so important about that? Well, during times of change, it's easy to focus on the, on the bad stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. If we can be grateful and get tuned into gratitude, and it is a skill, being grateful for what we have and what we don't have, uh, we can move through change a lot, uh, a lot faster. And I've got, I have several uh, uh, examples of that in the book, of of what I've done with organizations. Uh, but it's, you know, it's it's really interesting. Uh, Dr. Robert Emmons um, is the foremost researcher on gratitude, and he has proven uh, through his his research that gratitude is a healing factor. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and so. Gratitude is, um, uh, you know, waking up in the morning and being grateful for a nice warm bed and roof over a head is a good start. <laughs> yes. Everything else may be falling apart, but you've got that, you know. Yeah. That's, so, yes, it, yeah. that's really, really important. Um, and it does set the stage for engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, reaching out, being being connected with people. Uh, it's easy to withdraw and, and get into this place of victimhood, um, uh, but gratitude and engagement uh, means you're, you're grateful for what you have and you're able to reach out and touch other people. And thank heavens for Zoom because that has allowed <laughs> oh, yes. the majority of us in this world to stay connected and in, in meaningful ways. So engagement is, is, is critical. And I, I cite engagement from both a personal and organizational perspectives in the book. Mm-hmm. And, and just on the gratitude, um, I think we have time. Do you, you said you have a couple examples in the book. Can you give us one sure. example on that? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I was working with um, uh, a, uh, a group of nurses uh, who were going to be going through a tremendous uh, uh, reorganization of their department uh, in a hospital. And when I went in and met with them initially, they were really ticked off. They were very annoyed about what was happening. Uh, they were 
just very, very upset. They felt like this change was being done to them. Uh, they didn't feel like they were being asked, anything like that. Um, and towards the end of the session, I, you know, I just let them vent. And towards mm-hmm. the end of the session, I just asked them, I said, so what are you grateful for right now? Dead silence in the room. I mean, it completely, <laughs> completely yeah. shifted the energy. And I said, yeah, think about that. What are, you, what are you grateful for? And slowly, bit by bit, well, I still have a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the department isn't going away. It's changing, yes, but the department isn't going away. Um, you know, maybe leadership really did hear us, and this is their response. Uh, uh, we wanted to make some changes, and this is their response. And maybe they didn't handle it right, but at least something is happening. So, you know, it, we started generating this very positive energy from, from, from their gratitude. And, you know, two meetings later, they had totally embraced the change and had made some wonderful recommendations for how to make this reorganization work. And leadership accepted all of that. So, yeah. it, gratitude greased the wheels, if you will, for moving mm-hmm. through this change. Very, very good example. Okay, so now we have, we have uh, Sarah, we have these six elements, okay, and we're getting towards the end of the show. And um, again, I said the book is fantastic. Um, I urge the listeners to get it. Um, and once you get the book, how, how do you start? What, what, what's the advice can you give to our listeners to, to, to start to, to, you know, engage themselves in trying to be more, you know, re- resilient um, to change and trying to accept change better? Well, yeah, um, I have written the book in such a way that they don't have to start with C and read all the way through to E. <laughs> they, <laughs> they can can determine for themselves. Maybe engagement during this pandemic has been a real issue for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where they start. They read the E chapter. The very last chapter is called "Where Do I Go From Here," and it 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 pulls all the threads. Uh, that I talked about in the book for each of those six elements together and offer some suggestions of how to start incorporating them uh, into their own lives. Uh, My intention beyond this is to start developing workshops around this because um, uh, once we're able to see each other in in, in real time, uh, it's going to be important to be able to delve into these 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 topics in more detail and and come away with an actual action plan. So uh, this this book is a precursor to that. That said, the last chapter will give some very very good suggestions of how they can get started. But really, what they need to do is to decide which of those chapters speak to them the loudest right now in terms of their own need. Start there and then move to the last chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and um, because each chapter is individual, as I, I read the book, so um, great advice. And I just want to, you know, kind of end end the show on some advice for all our listeners. I mean, we are in this incredible time of change right now, Sarah. Um, you know, I think we've been quite resilient over the last year. Most of us yes. have. Um, yes. I, I think we've done a pretty darn good job. And, yep. you know, and I don't think it's over yet. And I think oh, no. we're not. And, um, you know, as, as I said in the beginning, we're, at the, we're only at the beginning of the century. Okay. And we're probably going to face more. So um, just some tips on just one, you know, if you had one big tip on, to everybody on, on how to manage themselves, what would that be? Well, I think, I think tip number one, and we've alluded to this, if not directly um, uh, during this time, just accept the fact that change, change is here. It's, it, it is a fact of life, period. There's no getting around it. <laughs> Yep. So that's 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 number one. It just is what it is. Yep. Uh, number two, I would I would really do a deep dive, and this is going to require some internal work, whether it's journaling or 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 talking out loud, you know, whatever it is. What are those things? What are those activities that that you find most nourishing to you that you have let go or have not uh, integrated more fully into your life? And develop a practice, a time every day when you're doing some of those. It mm-hmm. may be a walk in the forest. It may be um, uh, listening to, to, to music that is soothing to you. Whatever it is, make it a practice. 
because that can, that's your safe place. That's where you can go and get and get rejuvenated. One of the things that I talk about is the fact that that change is crazy. It's going on all the time, but this resource of resilience is inside us, waiting to be tapped at any moment. It's already yeah. there. We just need yeah. to rediscover it. Yeah. Great, great tip to end with. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And for, you know, for our listeners, we've been talking to Sarah Stebbins, and she's a certified professional coach, organizational change management consultant, and adjunct faculty at Portland State University in their Center of Executive and Professional Education. And her clients include a four, Fortune 500 companies, the federal government, colleges, universities, as well as nonprofits. And she is also the author of the book, From Fire to Water, Moving Through Change, Six Elements for Personal resiliency and Sarah they can reach out to you on your website right under absolutely www.thebetterchange.com and um, also on LinkedIn you're on LinkedIn and that's Sarah with an H and that's Stebbins S-T-E-B-B-I-N-S on LinkedIn and um, it's been really great I I advise our listeners get the book Um, it's insightful and um, and the stories are a good read too. They're, <laughs> some of them are pretty funny. Okay, so, so thank you. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Oh, Kimberly, it's been my pleasure. I really enjoyed this. It was, it was a lot of fun. Thank yeah, you so thank, much. Thank you, and uh, listeners, don't forget to tune in to us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you happen to miss Leadership Beyond Borders, don't worry because we're on every major podcast platform. And if you'd like to reach out to me, please reach out to Kimberly Lewis at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com and tell me what you want to hear on this show. Um, Just send me an email and give me some subjects that you would like to hear. And this show is also being brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's largest nonprofit digital uh, associations. And Cinda has thought leadership every Thursday at 1700 Central European time. So look up Cinda and join some of their thought leadership sessions. And with that, I wish everybody a great week and tune in again next week. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.